Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. So this is Shelby, my first passenger. She <laughs> popped my cherry, my uh, Uber cherry. Um, oh, so, oh yeah, where was it? I forgot I was filming. So yeah, this is really, for me, an excellent way to make um, extra money daily. And like I say, most business people, they just, you know, they get in. I, I, you know, I say hello, I make conversation, ask them where they're headed. Um, see where they're at and then from there if they want to really engage in a conversation they're going to if not if they really just being a little quiet then I just you know put the radio on keep my mouth shut and uh, take them where they need to go you know I would be like I'll dry it tomorrow or maybe in a couple hours Eh, whatever and then by the time you know it it's Friday and you're like oh shit I gotta get out there I haven't done it at all this week kind of thing you know you know, I do very well with Uber. I'm not the only one who does well with Uber. Um, I know a lot of other people, even here in Cincinnati, who are doing very, very well with it. So, you know, it's it's up to you to make it work. And a lot of people, they expect Uber to take care of them, where in reality, you know, we don't work for Uber. We are independent contractors. The voices that you heard at the top are Uber drivers, people who pick up passengers who call for a ride using the Uber app. But are these drivers Uber employees? That's the big question in a class action lawsuit recently brought in California. I'm Adrian Jeffries from Motherboard, and I'm here with Sarah Jong, our contributing editor and legal expert. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Adrian. So you've been covering this case for a while. Can you explain what the basic issues are? The core issue here is uh, whether Uber drivers are employees or whether they're independent contractors. Uber says that they're independent contractors. There's actually a lot of Uber drivers who say they're independent contractors uh, and think they're independent contractors, but that isn't necessarily dispositive of whether they're employees under the law. And the people who are bringing this case are pointing out, hey, they're under a lot of control by Uber. Um, they're being directed to do certain things by Uber. And um, it, that's, you know, legally speaking, they are employees and Uber can't withhold their tips from them. They have to reimburse them for costs, uh, like including wear and tear on cars. And they also have to... Uh, give them some kind of benefits. So does that mean necessarily that it would be better for Uber drivers to be employees or is it kind of like there are some advantages and some disadvantages? Well, the thought is that probably if they become employees, Uber is going to have to restructure how they pay drivers, um, which means that sort of the number quoted is going to be 
completely different from what it is right now. Um, so Uber rides could get more expensive. Uber rides could get more expensive or drivers are just going to be paid out less by Uber because Uber is going to be withholding for taxes and also accounting for, you know, wear and tear on cars, the little bottles of water that you get in the cars, um, and so forth. So right now Uber drivers are filing all their own taxes. Yeah. Or rather they're supposed to be. Right. And and they are responsible for setting aside the money that they would pay at the end of the year instead of having stuff right. withheld from checks. Okay. Right, and they're also responsible for um, mechanics bills, uh, gas, other things. I see. So you went to a sort of preliminary hearing a couple weeks ago. What was that <laughs> about, and what was it like? It was a certification hearing. So they're trying to make this case, or rather the people bringing the lawsuit are trying to make this into a class action lawsuit, and Uber really doesn't want this to become a class action lawsuit. Um, if it does become a class action lawsuit, you've got thousands and thousands of drivers, like all the Uber drivers in California, who are sort of lassoed into this lawsuit, um, and all of them become classified as employees if, if they win, and, um, and Uber is liable to pay all of them. Um, and that's, you know, that's not, this would be the first step if the certification hearing, uh, if they do get certified. Um, but, and like, it's still very, very early, but Uber still doesn't want to see that happen. Um, the certification hearing was really interesting because what you got was Uber was basically trying to turn it into a PR event as well as like, you know, just a regular hearing. Mm -hmm. So you had like Uber's a Uber's very good at PR. Uber is really good at PR. Um, Uber had this conference outside the courthouse and um, they even trotted out these drivers to talk all about how they didn't want to be employees and they like being independent contractors. Um, <laughs> they then, love setting aside money for taxes at the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, the, and I mean, you know, there's, there's uh, ups and downs, right? Um, and then the... Uh, in the courtroom, you had people um, talking about how uh, they, they actually brought in like um, 500 statements by Uber drivers saying they don't want to be employees, that they like being independent contractors. Mm -hmm. And they trotted this out and they were like, yeah, no, this class can't be certified because look at all of these drivers. And, um, and the judge was just like, well, if you're talking about 500 out of, you know, the proposed class, um, which is like hundreds of thousands, uh, then you're like, that's less than 1% of the entire proposed class. Like it's not actually that impressive. Um, and they, they, he even said something like, Oh, with every class action, you're not, you're going to get some people who aren't happy, happy camp, like who just don't like it, who are happy campers with the status quo. And then for the rest of the hearing, um, one of the other side kept referring to the statements as the, the happy camper statements, mm -hmm. which I think is pretty um, interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's true that like, just because a bunch of people object to the class action, it doesn't mean that the class action can't be certified. Um, and it, it was interesting that Uber kept pressing on this because I, I think that what they're trying to do is they're trying to send a message to the media much mm -hmm. more so trying to win in court. Right. 
And besides that, trying to make a point in the media, that can't be their whole reasoning for fighting this so hard. What is oh, your yeah, what's your take on why they are like going to the mat for this? I think that they're just I think they might be concerned about their valuation. I mean, they they may be very concerned about their bottom line. Um, and there was that Gawker piece talking about internal numbers at Uber being um, pretty bad. They're hemorrhaging money. Right, um, and the, they're, they, they weren't yeah. as profitable as they said publicly they were. Yeah, so it may, it may just be that um, they're, you know, they think that if this goes through that they're going to, they're never going to be profitable, right? Um, if if they have to treat their drivers as employees, maybe they genuinely think that maybe they've run the numbers and concluded that um, some people disagree that that's the case, but who knows what Uber thinks. I mean, they're saying that they can't run their business if they, you know, do it this way, but that's, that's what they're saying to PR. Right. Um, right. And, and this is also just California. I mean, it could, spread yeah. to other states, but then Uber is a global business at this point. Right. And, and Uber, there is like a lawsuit involving the Massachusetts drivers that's also pending in California because it started in Massachusetts and then got moved out here because it's, you know, essentially the same case as the California case. So the same judge is hearing both the cases, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. Um, but the, the, Bottom line, I think I'm like, legal fees are really expensive and this is just a huge lawsuit and it may be that they're just going to appeal and appeal and appeal and like just drag this out forever. So I'm like, at what point does it become a wash, right? So that gets me thinking that maybe this is a lot more about their valuation um, and their ability to raise more money rather than uh, their actual bottom line. Right. And one thing you told me that was really interesting, I thought, was that the lawyers bringing this class action lawsuit are doing some other similar cases with other companies as well. Yeah, they're going after um, Postmates. They're going after Caviar. Um, They were suing Homejoy, but then Homejoy shut down. Mm -hmm. So I I guess that that lawsuit is going to um, be dismissed soon. they're they're also suing Lyft, so it's it's like uh, their law firm is almost becoming a sharing economy class action boutique. Sure. Um. So, based on what you know so far, what do you ha- what do you think? Like, how is it looking? Does it look like Uber has a case that these drivers are independent contractors, or does it is it starting to seem like they are more like employees? Like. Um, at the top of the podcast, we played some clips from YouTube of Uber drivers just talking about what it's like to drive for Uber. And the way they talk about Uber definitely sounds like Uber is their boss. Yeah. I mean, there's arguments that can go both ways. I think that there's a pretty good case that Uber employees are employees. Um, I think sort of just based on the merits of like the arguments, um, I would lean, lean towards that direction. Uh, but I, I, that doesn't mean that Uber doesn't have like a pretty good case and, um, and that, you know, that's, it's sort of, you can see both sides. 
I think sort of the the big thing though is that Uber has like seriously lawyered up, and um, it, it is a bit of a David and Goliath scenario here. Uh, the people who are representing the drivers um, are not don't quite have the same kinds of resources as Uber does. I see. And does this have potentially uh, ramifications or consequences beyond Uber? Yeah, I mean, Lyft is under kind of a different set of facts, and these things are going to be, of course, fact-driven, right? How does Lyft treat their drivers um, specifically? Uh, And so it, it may be that Uber drivers are employees, but Lyft drivers aren't, right? Um, just based on the differences between Uber and Lyft. So it doesn't necessarily mean that this will send, um, this will just sort of close the book on all of the sharing economy apps, right? But it it would send like a really strong message. It would make um, everyone want to adjust their business models, how they treat um, their quote unquote partners, the independent contractors that form the sharing economy uh, networks. And it, it may even mean that a bunch of these startups just either shut down or never happen. Right. We've got a long time before it actually gets decided. What happens next in the case and how long do you think it's going to take for all of this to actually resolve itself? So the certification hearing um, didn't end with a decision. We're waiting on an opinion in the case, which will take a few weeks probably. Um, And then from there, if certification is granted, um, Uber has basically threatened to appeal the certification. And in which case that would go up to the appeals court um, if the appeals court um, granted the appeal. And then it would uh, also, they could appeal from that as well and then appeal from that again if they wanted to. So it, it, and then this is just one step too, like that, like the, this is before the trial or anything. So um, this, this in and of itself, if they wanted to go like the full, um, you know, nine yards on this, like they could go for, for a really like years and then, um, and then it would come back and then they would, uh, you know, there might be a couple other sort of issues, but then like it would go to trial and then there would be a trial and that might take a while. And then, um, and then from there, someone might appeal from the trial and it it could really like, the other thing is just because um, there's other cases happening in parallel that involve Uber and Uber drivers and whether or not they're employees, like there's other ones with Mm -hmm. other plaintiffs and sort of different issues at play. Um, Those probably all have to be consolidated and there's things happening at the same time and it's a pretty complex piece of litigation right now so um it it's gonna get a little hairy right cool well i look forward to continuing to revisit this fascinating topic as it unfolds over the course of our lifetimes (laughs) yeah thanks so much sarah thank you Welcome to Radio Motherboard. I am Kaylee Rogers. I'm a staff writer here. I'm uh, just pitching in today to help out because our regular host is away for a little bit. I'm here with Adrienne Jeffries. She's our managing editor. Hello. 
And Max, you got to help me out here with your last name. Max Hoppenstedt is my name. Hello. I'm a managing editor or editor for Motherboard Germany. And Welcome. I'm, I'm visiting here. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. The secret is that we already recorded this podcast, but due to technical difficulties, we're recording it again, so it's going to be bigger and better and twice as good. And right, super guys? super smooth, no ads and uh, Super and... smooth, yeah. So what we're talking about today is Uber. Do you guys use Uber? Uber, is that the German word? <laughs> yeah, does that have an impact on how people perceive Uber in Germany? Mm, it's a pretty arrogant word to use in in Germany, or uh -huh. a pretty slang word, so it doesn't sound fancy at all. Okay, so it's high and low. It does sound um, f sort of fancy to you, doesn't it? Um, I don't know how I... Not fancy, I mean, but intellectual? Has... Isn't there this intellectual thing of adding uh, Uber to things in English? Yeah, yeah, probably, I would say that. So wait, how would, how would you just use the word Uber in a sentence, independent of the company? Well, if it be like late in the evening and I'd be uh, pitching a story to my friends and something is super, super, super awesome, it would be like uber awesome. <laughs> That's okay. one way. And then uber is also a, a, a pronoun, like um, like over there or something. Okay. R roughly translated. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I don't think it has m much connotation other than sounding German. Well, I, to my ears. Before uber was a thing... Did you not ever use Uber to just mean like super? Like, yeah, Uber, that's true. Cool. That's true. Shoes, Stacy. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true. That's totally true. <laughs> but, anyways, what you were going to ask if people use it in Germany, right? Yes, that is what I was going to ask. Thank um, you for getting us back on track. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for distracting you in the first <laughs> place, though. <laughs> um, uh, yes, so people do use it in Germany, obviously, and Uber been through a lot of legal struggles as it's been in the States, I believe. But, for example, me and my uh, colleagues, my motherboard colleagues, we even don't use it that often. That's A, because public transport is pretty good in Berlin, where uh, we happen to live, and B, because the taxi services are also good, and they have an image that's fine, like, it's cool, it's easy to use cabs, and um, the city's a bit smaller as well, so that's one of the reasons people don't use it that often and another would be that it's just there's a sort of conservatism to not being like wow this is a new app let's just all use mm -hmm. it i mean that's generalizing of course there's people like that and um i was right. of course checking it out when it came out and it just happened to not be much more preferable than using a regular cab or public transport right and you were saying before that there's a little bit of technophobia in the German constitution. Um, yeah, I don't know how we got to that point that quick with the German technophobia, but yeah, I guess that's what I was trying to say, that just it's not like, um, you know, if someone, if someone would pitch you the most awesome disruptive idea like you would in, from what I understand, at the Silicon Valley new concept comes out and it's just like wow this is gonna fix the way you get across the city Germans mm -hmm. would be like mm, more skeptical know. yeah yeah so I guess that's what I was trying to say when I said there's a technophobia there's a more deep-rooted skepticism yeah techno skepticism yeah, is, which is better is maybe totally valid I think and it's something we do get um, like I was speaking about this with uh, with Derek Derek Mead who 
ran Who's Motherboard. That? That's the editor in chief of Motherboard. Right. And he's been uh, doing it for a long time. So we spoke about the differences of motherboard and tonality in Germany and, and the States. And that's why uh, that's where um, I noticed that sometimes as well. That yeah, right. A lot I of the comments would be sort of techno skepticism. Mm -hmm. I think motherboard is on the more techno skeptical end of the spectrum mm -hmm. for being American, but probably a little bit more starry-eyed and optimistic compared to motherboard germany yeah yeah that's that's probably right yeah i i feel like that's a north american thing kind of to be excited to embrace new opportunities uh -huh. and new ideas mm -hmm. that's kind of like how uh you know this continent <laughs> managed to grow its countries so that's like fundamental to our ideals mm -hmm. and it's interesting to think even you know like I'm also skeptical as a mother boarder. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But my parents, for example, an older generation were visiting and I stuck them in an Uber and sent them off and, and they were so, they had all these questions that I had never mm -hmm. even considered. They're like, well, there's safety risks and like, how do you know if this person is licensed and what, and what about this and what about that? And I was like, I don't know. Everybody uses it. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you asking all these questions? Just accept it. So... Right, and I realize we didn't say on this go-around what specifically made us want to talk about Uber this week, which is a lawsuit in California. Uber is at the beginning of what will probably be a very long process where drivers in California are part of a class action lawsuit, whether they like it or not, that says they should be treated as employees, which means Uber would have more responsibility to protect them and give them benefits and take care of their expenses Whereas right now, they're classified as independent contractors. So, this won't be resolved anytime soon, but it's a really interesting question for this company, which is kind of a new model, and we're still figuring out what to do with it exactly. I personally feel really conflicted about Uber because I use it a lot because it's just so darn convenient. But I think that sometimes the company is a little bit too aggressive for its own good. Like we were talking about this lawsuit before we started recording again and saying Uber's going to fight this forever. Kind of their default strategy is just to fight everybody all the time until they get what they are absolutely positively sure is their way and also the right way for the universe. Yeah, I feel like they because they're a new concept and a new way of doing business, they've come against a lot of different problems so like the problems they have in france are not necessarily the same as the problems they're having in california or not the same as the problems they're having in toronto and so they're just going to fight everything and kind of see as push things as far as they'll go in each market they're not going to leave those markets and if i think if the local governments really put their foot down you know that they will succeed and uber will just adjust and find a way that they can function in that market as best as possible but they're going to fight it right off the bat just to see if they can push it as far as they can 
I think it's really interesting what you what you said before before uh, before we started recording the way that Uber itself portrays their concept. Maybe you can repeat that because that was really interesting to me. Because when I first about it first heard about it, it was like just an app to be really convenient to get around the city. But it's interesting how a company as as disruptive as you said just views themselves, even though we probably all wouldn't necessarily agree but right yeah. yeah yeah what's uber's take on this right so the way i had it explained to me once by an uber representative was that uber is not a taxi company they are an app that's just linking you to a driver they're just making that connection and then you know the, that driver's not an employee of theirs and they're not necessarily responsible for what that driver does or doesn't do and that's sort of their stance that's why they've been fighting this whole issue of whether they're contractors or employees or etc um so that was that gave me some clarity i don't i don't know that that's how other people would view it but that was how one (laughs) uber representative explained it so they're saying their their relationship to their drivers is more like ebay's relationship to its sellers or craigslist's relationship to is its sellers or if you had an app that was like a babysitter club app that would match babysitters with parents who need their kids I'm certain that's a thing (laughs) is it it was the theme of a series of books that I read when I was young I don't know if it's (laughs) an app today it should be film is it oh my gosh the babysitters club movie Jibo can you cut in a clip from the babysitters club movie here thanks (laughs) you guys kiss this anyway <laughs> um so yeah that's that's their take on it and uh i think that i mean well we'll see how it shakes out in court but to me having talked to uber drivers like when you sit in uber they're always like super friendly and i think that uber drivers know what they're doing for the most part and i think that most of them are better off because they have the option for this job but at the same time i think it's pretty hard for uber to conscionably argue that they're not more like employees than independent contractors it's just like everything that these drivers talk about is like what uber is doing lately and the surge pricing you know uber determines how much money they're going to make in which areas of whatever city they're driving in and has a lot of other policies on top of that um facilitates them getting mortgages for cars and just like is very very involved in the driver's jobs so it's not just any app where they use to do their job right yeah but um just from a money point of view that's what i found interesting is it actually worth it for a a driver say in in california or was it worth before the ban how much money they're making Mm -hmm. like was it was it worth it uh being an uber driver compared to being a cab driver um so i think i can speak better about new york than california Mm, okay in new york i'm not sure that the money is that different but you can't it's very difficult to become a cab driver in new york and there is a cap on the number of cab drivers they recently increased it by adding green cabs which can drive in different or are supposed to drive in different boroughs in addition to the yellow cabs, which were here. But basically, each cab has to have a, what's called a medallion, which is just a license, and there's a set number of medallions, and the whole market is very 
strict. And so it was an advantage for people to be able to drive for Uber because then they could get a job because the demand is still there. The supply hasn't caught up with the demand yet because of this artificial limit. And so that just created a job where there just was not an option for you to get a job doing that before in New York. Um, As for how it works in California, I'm not too sure. Uber continues to have a lot of people driving for it. And if you go on YouTube, you'll find people who love Uber and people who quit Uber because Mm -hmm. either they couldn't manage their own hours or they found that it wasn't lucrative. Because it's interesting that you say that because there was conflicting stories about that in in the places in Germany where Uber was or is legal. Um, So, for example, in Frankfurt, you had a lot of people quitting because they just found it's not a way to make money. Right. I mean, money is different for everyone. So someone like, I don't know, someone was making like three bucks an hour and that was that was worth it for them because they Mm -hmm. had to do it as a third or fourth job after after their other jobs. And then they just did it, but for the, for others it was just not an option. Now in a place like Berlin, which tends to be um, pretty cheap, with I don't know every every like even with gas and with rent and everything, um, but there tends to be some sort of um, you know uh, consumer group of people who can afford taking cabs. It's worth it for the for the drivers. Right. So yeah, yeah I would say I have covered in the past companies that call themselves direct marketing companies or are multi-level marketing companies where you're supposed to be doing direct sales of something like travel packages and you know i don't know like avon lady type stuff that you sell to your friends and that's the business model and the like 90 percent plus of the people who get into that end up making money you know they they just pay money to the company and they don't make any real money uber is not that Mm-hmm. Uber is a real a real way to make real money. They do I think my biggest problem with Uber is how they they try to convince their drivers to buy cars. They're, you know, they're so desperate for drivers that they'll say, you know, can you are you like a capable a capable body? Don't have a car? That's fine. You can get one on a lease or you can get one on a mortgage. They kind of push them into these companies that tend tend to be kind of bottom feedery. They they're like making money off of people at the lowest economic levels, which always makes me uncomfortable. But besides that, I think that it's a real job and it's a real people are are making decent money. But there, I don't know what the numbers are on that. So I'm curious, Adrian. You you said that you use Uberlock because it's convenient, but you feel kind of icky about it. Do you? Uh-huh. Do you feel the same way about other similar apps? Because there's a number out there. There's Lyft, there's Get. I'm sure there's like a new one that's being cooked up right now. Um, is it just the whole concept that you don't like? So it doesn't really matter which company no, it is or is it Uber? Uber. So Uber. why don't you use another service? Um, I don't know because <laughs> it's not as available. It's not as you it's not you're always going to find more drivers on Uber than you will on Lyft. It's just not really big enough. I've never had to wait. <laughs> really? For, for a Lyft? No, okay, now they I'm have this start, like, deal I'm in Manhattan start, and it's $5 everywhere. So. I'm going to start trying to use <laughs> Lyft now. I don't know. I just, I mean, yeah, I just have the app on my phone and it's so easy. There's always little cars circling around. Although we did run a story recently that says that those little cars circling around are made up cars. That really bothered my boyfriend. Oh, really? He was like, how did that not ruin Uber? <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know that anyone that really cared that much. He was like... user design. 
how dare they? He was just like, that's such a lie. That's such like a, they totally convinced everybody that those are real cars. I know. I'm glad he was outraged. He was very upset. A lot of people were upset about that, but, because you know. Because the reality on your smartphone screen is not the reality. Right. Well, that's very upsetting. That's, I can see how that's very upsetting. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they just rolled over it like they rolled over so many other of their public relations crises. Mm-hmm. So, you have to admire them. They're, uh... No, you really don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't really have to admire them. I think there's some, their persistence and, uh... It's, yeah, maybe admire is not the right word, but, you know. Let's talk about cab drivers, though. Like, what do you guys make of the riots, the taxi riots that happened a couple of weeks ago in Paris? Is that something that could happen in the States or Mm. should? People are so lazy about protesting here. I mean, the the Taxi and Limousine Commission, is that what it's called here in New York? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Have definitely done their own protests and they're, you know, have tried to fight. Oh, 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 the Taxi and Limousine Commission is the regulatory body. Oh. The Taxi Drivers Association is something else. I don't know what it's called off the top of my head. But well, my, anyway, the traditional yeah. yellow cab taxi drivers have <laughs> come out done and some done some protests. They haven't done anything like what went, what went on in Paris, No, though. but I mean, you know, the French are very Although it would be people. great if they did because, you know, who was it? It was like Courtney Love or some celebrity mm-hmm. tweeted. For, and, yeah, like New York is so full of those people who would be like, it, Kanye West would be like, oh, my God, my Uber. <laughs> I I don't know. I, when I see that, I just kind of roll my eyes. Just because you've been the status quo forever doesn't entitle you to get to keep doing that. I don't. I'm for progress. My sense is that <laughs> I don't think the cab drivers, I think the cab drivers would just rather become Uber, Uber drivers. They don't. I, Carrie Paul, one of our writers, went to like a protest in Union Square and it had both sides and it was just like AstroTurf all around. It was like, Ubers seem to be astroturfing the Uber drivers, and then there was like a handful, like really just four or five guys who were cab drivers who were saying down with Uber. I don't get the sense that the cab drivers in New York really feel like Uber is threatening them. I think the, the taxi companies feel like Uber is threatening them, but I don't think they're able, they haven't been loyal enough to their drivers to get. You know, like the taxi companies may be telling their drivers this is bad, but the drivers are like, what do you mean? Like you you and I are always pushing, pulling over money. That's interesting you. you say that because that's that's similar in Germany because like the main the main area where Uber would um, would promote their service in Germany now is on taxi cabs. Um, and then those cab drivers that have the Uber promotion on their car or would uh, be enrolled as Uber drivers as well because that's what's only the only legal option for Uber in Germany right now, mm. one of the major legal options, um, is uh, they, they get into fights. Like, so it's like in between the cab drivers now. And the, of, <laughs> course, of course, there's every time there's a lawsuit in Germany because there has been over the couple of months and will be um, the cab drivers associations of the different states and what have not where that lawsuit is going on issue a statement saying you know uber is bad and uh, with the union and labor mm-hmm. rights much and more go organized, on yeah. and the cab drivers not all of them would follow them necessarily so mm. there hasn't been any protests like the one in paris in germany at all even though there have been some protests mm-hmm. but the one in paris of uh, as you said like you're, you're right kelly definitely it's sort of a weird a weird spirit of like an old elite cab driver um, <laughs> club of people uh-huh. that doesn't make you feel that comfortable no. either. Yeah. 
Uh, I think that, you know, Uber's just going to continue having to fight these battles for a little while because they kind of found a way to usurp the business model that had existed for so long that maybe no one had thought of before or maybe they didn't. It just wasn't as successful as Uber was. So they're going to have to wage these battles, but they're they're big enough now that they can fight them. And I think it'll shake out eventually, but mm-hmm. it's it's going to be different probably in every city. You know, they'll have to be licensed maybe, you know, in Germany, but right. in New York, they don't have to be in this and that. And, and they'll just find whatever way they can to, to stay in that market. Yeah, I thought when I started working on this podcast, I had the assumption that this class action lawsuit would be really huge for Uber, like sinkable level huge for Uber. Because the cost between having an employee and having an independent contractor is so much different. But I talked to Sarah Jong, who is a contributing editor for Motherboard based in the San Francisco Bay Area, Ground Zero for Uber. And she said she doesn't think so. She thinks they'll just readjust and keep going. And so maybe this, this single lawsuit is just another one of Uber's bumps in the road. Mm-hmm. I think I think Ubers are the masters at readjusting because I mean if you if you guys said before that um, they'll just continue fighting these lawsuits and battling of everyone and like uh, what they do in Germany now is they've lost a major lawsuit that claimed their um, service Uber Pub illegal and then they came up with another service Uber X which is r- totally not what Uber X is mm-hmm. in New York which is funny in its own way <laughs> it's like the total opposite le- like legally mm-hmm. not to get into the, the details but yeah it is the total opposite so um now what that service is is that they it's just like super friendly to the cab companies um they give like they give like extra uh, money for for cab drivers to get licenses new cab drivers it's like the most traditional it's yeah it's like what a i don't know what a social democratic government would do if they mm-hmm. were to um, improve the business of cab driving and mm-hmm. that's just really a weird place for uber to be in now right. i'm sure that's bound to change in a couple of years if the market situation changes but that just gives you a se- gives you a sense of um, how quick they can switch from the mm-hmm. aggressive uh, legal pursuer to yeah to a different strategy totally I think what's most fascinating to me is like the unwillingness of the old guard to change or do anything new, mm-hmm. which is a lot of people use Uber just because it's convenient. It's not like it's a better service or the drivers are better right, or cab, it's cheaper necessarily. The cab drivers in New York could easily have done the exact same thing. Exactly. Five all years all ago. that's all the the only reason people use it is because it's an app. It's easy to use on your phone. You could you just tap it automatically bills your card and there's like a map that like shows you how close you are to your destination, gives you an estimation. It's just like, it's just the app. So I don't know why (laughs) traditional cab companies didn't just invest in building a similar app that does all those things. They can't be bothered. They just want to argue and fight and piss and whine about it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's there. There's a, there's a dimension of a, I don't know if you could call it a cultural clash, but there is to, to the whole Uber struggle. And for me, it's a really difficult place to be in with my opinion, because on one hand, like those like, I don't know, that, that's now that's real technophobia on the side of, <laughs> of the cab mm-hmm. companies. Those you, like you would just shake your head and be like, why? Yeah, or just why? laziness. Um, but then know? on the other hand, you have like a company like like the company behavior of Uber, which sort of feels like the future of labor in a way. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something we've talked about before, but not 
during this recording, which is another really interesting thing, mm -hmm. I think. You, about you guys really wish you had heard that other recording. It was really good. <laughs> yeah, when you say that this could be a model for how labor works in the future, that does make this lo particular lawsuit seem pretty hefty. Like, are, is the age of the employee over? Mm -hmm. Are we going to have this huge sector of the economy, the sharing economy, or whatever you want to call it, that where you're not an employee, you're just always an independent contractor forever? With some sort of platform. With a platform, yeah. In between. But, like, uh, one of the major stories, to, I don't know when this is coming out, actually, but it's... This, Friday. This story is probably going to be with us for a while, the Amazon thing on the, on the right, New York Times. Yeah. Now, when you talk about Amazon at work... That's another different story. Amazon also employs a ton of independent contractors, although that story was about employees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's then there's Mechanical Turk, which I was gonna mm. oh, yeah. say. And and now when we talk about making money off of being an independent uh, contractor on um, on an app sort of base, then Mechanical Turk is ridiculously much lower than what mm -hmm. any Uber driver or Airbnb rental person or whatever would make. So. From that point of view, you could say, well, Uber is, has found a model and a, a business model that's that's good for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the power of the market, Max. That's you the know? power of the market? You got to respect it. People people decide what they're willing to work for. Um, well, this is a really interesting story that we'll be developing for a long time. Thank you so much for joining us, Max and Kaylee. Thank you. Thanks. And that's it for Radio Motherboard. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.